Hi. Hi. My name is Xavier. I'm Allison. And this is Housewives Theory. Welcome back, BB. Welcome. We missed you. Always. Okay, so today we will be talking about season three of The Real Housewives of Orange County. And oh my God, what a journey it's been. <laughs> And just for those of you who may have not listened to other episodes, maybe this is your first episode, we just want you to know this is a safe space. This is a fun place. This is a happy place where we geek out over all of the weird little details you feel like you can't tell your friends about Housewives because you're like, am I talking too much? Never. You are, and we want to hear it. <laughs> well, we just said opposite things, but that really- <laughs> It was the same thing. <laughs> you know, I mean, the way that I describe it to my friends, you know what, you're at, at, at like a terrible party, uh, and you're, uh, you're looking across the room, you see someone, they're also having a bad time, you walk over and you're like, so who are you here with? And then you accidentally drop a Bethany reference, like mention it all, mm. and then their eyes light up, your eyes light up, and you're like, oh my God, this is a Housewives fan, and you have the greatest night ever, just chatting away. That's what this is. This is the party. Allie and I have been at that party many a time, and now we're all at the party. We're all here together. We're all (laughs) friends. And Allison and I are both television writers, so when we talk about Real Housewives and Housewives Theory, we are breaking it down in terms of character, in terms of story arc. Like, these women are characters to us. They're real people, but they are characters. Let's be real. So if we we come for your faves... Deal with it. They just need to step it up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Season three. Episode three. Can you believe we're three episodes in? Can no I literally cannot believe it it was such a monster of a season it was so much I was shocked at how engaging it was it's really starting to feel like real housewives oh yeah as we know it today you know a a little bit it's like we're not fully there but we're getting there and this would have been season three aired from November 6 2007 to January 29th of 2008 so like we are gearing up 2007 some might say the last good year (laughs) my lord (laughs) 2008 gives me like a visceral reaction. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know either. <laughs> There's something about 2008. Let's jump into tagline, shall we? Why don't you start us off? Lori, you know what? I'm living the OC lifestyle again. I feel like royalty. Gina, I love money and now I'm loving life. Vicky, everything's got to be huge, large, and grand. Tammy, No matter how much money you have, you can always rely on others. Tamara, I'm the hottest housewife in Orange County. Quinn, I love having a younger man in my life. Did I do the cadence (laughs) right for Quinn? (laughs) Those are the taglines. All I could hear is after Vicky's everything's got to be huge, large, and grand, her going, Oh my God. That should have been part (laughs) of it, frankly. It's like Candy in later seasons, her, whoa. (laughs) It's just a part of it. It's It's a a core memory. Okay, did you have a favorite tagline? I did. I have to say it was Tamra's. And so the fight begins. (laughs) (laughs) You know, okay, okay. Say it. On the first episode, hearing all the taglines, my favorite was Tamra's. Oh, okay. But as the season kept going, you know, you hear them over and over, especially Allie and I are binging these. Yes. Um, it Like something about Gina's I love money and now I'm loving life. I it just like that was really my grew on me. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Gina's was my number. Uh, oh, wow. This is tough. This is tough. I'm going to say, listen, I'm going to give it to Tammy Sue. Her middle name is Sue, right? <laughs> I think so. I feel like you've said that before. I, I'm so going to I'm be gonna give it to Tamara. That tagline really put her on the scene in a very important way, I feel. So that 
Tamara's was the Tamara's was the best, but Gina's might have been my favorite. That's what I'm gonna say. I understand that, and I can support that because our answers were reversed, but they're both about you know essentially the same thing. But my favorite thing, you know, whenever I talk about my favorite taglines, it's you know exactly what kind of housewife you're going to get from the tagline. And Tamara absolutely did that for us. Like I know exactly who this woman is mere seconds into into seeing that tagline, which is gold. Gold. It's also worth noting that so there were two title cards this season because Quinn came in about six episodes. So for the first few, it was Lori with the center orange. And then for the bulk of the season, it was Gina and Vicky sharing the center orange, which felt very correct. It felt very like what happened in the Bravo offices who got demoted. <laughs> like, damn, they had to redo that? I, I mean, I guess it's Photoshop, but it makes me wonder how that happened. I don't know. Well, it's because they added Quinn. So like the center then became went from one to two people. And I think because like my guess is Lori, Vicky and Gina were the OG. So they're like, mm-hmm. OK, we'll kind of rotate it. That makes sense, I guess. Uh, if you want to be political about it, bravo. Oh my god, don't bring politics into this. <laughs> so this season, we, as Ali and I said earlier, you really start to kind of feel the housewives world or game starting. You have kind of the, the Gina versus Tamra, who I am deeply trying not to call Tamra. <laughs> All right, let's get this out of top, okay? I love Tamara. Tamara is a new housewife this season, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we'll get into her character soon, but I love Tamara because she brings a chaotic- I love Tamra. Wow, she doubled down. Tattoo okay. it on me ass. Um, I she would like a pirate. She, she wouldn't like that unless it was a tramp stamp. But can, it's true. <laughs> Congratulations, you're officially a moron. Um, no, I love Tamra, and I understand the nickname Tamra because she does tend to get messy. She tends to get loud. She gets in your face. Gutter. I just think that a show like Housewives needs that, and I especially Absolutely. a show like especially Orange County needs someone who will sort of get in there and is both existing in the world of you know very much like middle class she some might say has a trailer park temper some maybe okay i shouldn't say that that's not nice to trailer park no nope, nope you said it and okay. i agree okay sorry um <laughs> tamra says it Tam- well does she <laughs> i might have fully just projected that onto her i don't know but the- she definitely has that temper where she you're like oh you didn't grow up wealthy where you think that you can like act like this in public but also she's very rich bitch are we talking about tamra is yeah. Yeah. So, like, that is our first person we're oh, going to chat about. Let's talk well, about the reason Allison is giving you this disclaimer is because historically, I have not been the biggest Tamara fan. What I will say to y'all is, as I'm watching all of these seasons, you know, to do the podcast, I'm going in with an open heart and an open mind because, you know, like some of these seasons I watched years and years ago. So, it is. A journey to see if my opinion changes. Um, historically, I have not liked Tamara, but we will see if that changes at all. Tell me lies, tell me sweet <laughs> little lies. I sang on the microphone for that. I okay. hate her, admit Can, it. Okay, let's just say, though, for the record, uh, historically also, Ali and I, at the same time in recent years, both went into Housewife seasons. Sorry, this is in the future, but oh well saying we were going to give people yes. a new shot. I won't say which housewives, yes. but I was basically I was going to Potomac with an open heart with a certain housewife. She was going into Beverly Hills with an open heart and a certain housewife. Hers lasted mere seconds, seconds. into the season and mine lasted also mere seconds. <laughs> Actually, the first episode I'd say, but then the person was just terrible. <laughs> I think it's which just... Ali also admits. Yes, totally. Yeah. So, if anyone doesn't give anyone an open heart and an open chance, it's not me, Miss Allison. <laughs> it's just so hard to watch 
watch this from like a critical point of view where you're like, I'm gonna watch this and not dislike or love this person. But that's Tamara, not but look at how that's what, not what we're here for. We're here to dislike. No. We're here to love. We're here to hate. We're here to love to hate. Yes, you know, and look at what Tamara has brought out of us. Honestly, already, Let's, all like how like we've already been chatting about Tamara for minutes. Introduce Miss Tamara. You okay, do the honors. Miss Tamara Barney at this point um, is the new housewife on the scene. She is the self-proclaimed hottest housewife of Orange County. She is young. She has a husband and kids, and she knows she's at the top of her game. And she really enters this arena kind of with that air. And that is who I would say Tamara is from the jump. She's also a real estate agent, a job she gave herself who, you know, by the way, we should mention she's a mother of four. She has three younger children and then an older son who's 18 from a previous marriage. And she has 18 or 21. I'm sorry. He was 21. That's right. Um, immediately <laughs> wrong. OK, I'm going to start that over. Um, We're keeping it. No. <laughs> sorry. In my mind, he's eight years old. So this makes, you know, I forgot <laughs> that, fully that he just added a one and called it a day. Absolutely. I respect that. Forgot that he was 21 years old, which is just shocking. But she has four kids and she has decided she wanted to be a real estate agent in one of the wealthiest, most competitive real estate areas in Orange County, Kodo, uh, where the show is set uh, for fun cash money for her literal spending. <laughs> just money. a little side gig for fun. Mama wants a new bag. Mama wants a new bag. And she would just like to stress herself <laughs> out with this very competitive real estate job to do it. But I kind of love that about her. And she's a chaotic. I hate to overuse the word chaotic, but real estate agent. Here's the thing with that. It was really kind of like, obviously she was a real estate agent before she came onto the show, but how Tamara and y'all, even though she's not my favorite historically, I am someone who, even if I don't like someone, I can like call out when they do something well. Mm -hmm. And Tamara used that to kind of build one of our first little like rivalries oh. with her and Gina. And I thought that was so smart because on paper, if you're watching the scene and seeing how Tamara interacts with her clients, well, I mean, there are some questionable moments, but you're like, oh, she she has what it takes. Like she's clearly good at this. She clearly cares. But then the editors throw a little shade in the finale and they're like, um, Gina sold three houses. Tamara has sold zero so far. And I was like, oh, what is the truth? Oh my God. It's like this whole season, Tamara's kind of been like this up and coming real estate agent who is like on the cusp of being the it girl in the housing market. And yet I think that was mostly for show and Gina still kind of had the hold on the town. It was so funny because without Tamara, this would have just been another docu-series show. I mean, she is really the one who started sort of making jabs at Gina. Should we get into Gina and Tamara? Let's get into Gina and Tamara. So for those of you who might not remember, Gina is also a real estate agent, very successful real estate agent in the Kodo area per the show. And they sort of have this rivalry thanks to Tamara, I believe when she was like, Gina thinks she owns Kodo or whatever that line was. <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay, someone is here to sort of play. Like they're not just going to let someone steamroll them. And, you know, my favorite thing about Tamara and Gina is they both are very very good at steamrolling people. Very good. And but you know what's funny is like Gina steamrolls in this way that's so unbothered. Like when she was talking about Tamara, you know, Simon, Simon is Tamara's husband, gifts Tamara a Rolex for her oh, yeah. 40th birthday. And in Gina's confessional, she's like, Rolexes are special. They mean you've made it in life but I have one just like it, just a different color. I just don't wear it. And it was just like, so Gina, but like while saying both that it is special, but like girl, take a breath. <laughs> 
I mean, she's so clearly jealous of her. Gina is, and this isn't the Gina part, so I'm going to resist on continuing to comment on Gina, but Gina is really jealous of Tamra because they both are sort of the same type of person. They're mm-hmm. the bullshit caller. They're the one that's going to say the shocking thing. They're sort of the rock of their friend groups, you can tell. But also, like, Tamra is sort of like the hotter according to Orange County standards, not mine, hotter housewife. I'm just being, making it clear because I, I hate when people say that. I'm Roxy Andrews and I'm here to make it clear a reference that Allison doesn't understand. I'm sorry. So you can try to drag me. It's fine. Um, it's early. Why um, drag you when you can drag yourself? Um, <laughs> I actually disagree with you. I don't think Gina, and we'll get into it more with Gina, I don't think she's jealous of Tamara. Wow, I are you for real? I am for real and I, I do not think she's jealous of Tamara. I think she's annoyed by Tamara as, you know, most people who think what their brain are. Wow. And wow, yes, You're so I said wrong. it. I'm not, but that's okay. Uh, she just doesn't like Tamara. That's just like so clear to no, me. And I agree with that, but it's because she's jealous of her. I don't think Tamara she's is that. literally the hot version of Gina, it, at least what Gina envisions for herself. Like Gina has this complex of like having to be this hot, big boobed, skinny, blonde, successful Orange County girl who can like be down and party, whatever. Gina obviously doesn't care about partying and drinking and all of that. That's very clear. But I feel like Tamara is just this version of herself she can never be. And it bothers her because people like Tamara so much from the jump. Whose people? The group, the women. <laughs> the women. Interesting. I just don't see that. I don't, I hear what you're saying. I do, but I, for me, and maybe it's because I feel this way about Tamara, but like to me, Tamara's just annoying. And like she tries wow. a little too hard. She's a little desperate. Like she knows she's coming onto the show and she's going to make her mark. And that she did. And I will give her that. Like, or not only Orange County, but the Real Housewives franchise, I'm going on the record to say, would not be what it is if it weren't for Tamara Barney slash Judge later. Wow. And that being said, though, Gina, I just think Gina just doesn't put much credence into her. I honestly don't. Because maybe I relate to Gina in this way. Because okay. like, if Tamara came into my friend group, like I just see Tamara trying so hard. And I'm like, oh, sweetie, you're not an OG. But like, you can make your stamp. But like, I just don't think Gina cares about her. I think that it started like that. But obviously, people liked Tamara. I mean, she literally made Tammy Knickerbocker come out of her shell and be like, I love Where? you at her 40th birthday party. We'll get to Tammy later. We will get to Tammy. <laughs> we will get to Tammy. But she did. She sort of made the group come alive. She, you know, at, before her, it was everyone watching Vicky taking shots and being crazy. And then Tamara joined her. Think about it. Who was the fun in the group besides Vicky before then? Now Tamara comes in and now there's a fun group and a whatever group. And Gina is, you know, obviously dealing with a lot in her personal life. But unfortunately, she has fallen to the whatever group. I don't feel like we really have that yet. Like based off of this season, I don't I don't think we have that quite yet because Tamara makes a lot of commentary on like Vicky drinking and liking her or really liking Lori. And we see Tamara make comments and get like wild on the dance floor, Simon and Ryan, which was interesting. Nobody asked for that. Nobody asked for that. I'm scarred that that true on the dance floor, my sleep paralysis demon. <laughs> But I just don't think we got, I I disagree, but I see where you're coming from. I understand that you think that I'm projecting into the future. um, No, no. But I don't, I feel like we got all of that every time they were together. And I know that Vicky and Tamara, spoiler alert for some people, they do become friends in later seasons. But they haven't yet, I think is the thing that I was rubbing against. But there's, but what I'm saying is, like not tonight. (laughs) Um, But no, I think that you could tell like Vicky was intrigued with Tamara, was having fun with her. Tamara was having fun with Vicky intrigued by her I mean even in the reunion when she literally made Vicky in the middle of this like emotional 
social plea and she was like, sorry, I was just picturing you juggling Don's balls or whatever. That was funny. That, that was, was funny. like real friendship. And I know that that was like later on after like filming the bulk of the season. I just already see the seeds of the friendship and the seeds of the rivalry. And I, of course, am more heightened to it since I'm rewatching it. For sure. But I do think we already got that this season. Maybe a tiny bit. Maybe a tiny bit. I just don't feel like I saw a lot of Vicky and Tamara. Maybe a tiny bit. But for me, what I was interested by was kind of seeing Tamara and Lori and their connection and their friendship. It's so sure. funny because we know how I felt about Lori. And the minute Tamara was like, oh, I kind of like her. I was like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it just makes sense. It just makes sense. <laughs> But also Tamara seems like the kind of person who would be like, Lori's a good person to know in Orange County, so I'm going to be friends with her because Lori is so passive with people. I think she doesn't like add to Tamara's life. You know, she also doesn't make it worse. So she's like, I like her. Yeah. You know, I think the thing for Tamara this season that we saw a lot of is her kind of balancing her husband, Simon, and his relationship with her oldest son, Ryan. And you know, what's (laughs) kind of before touching on that. A core memory when it comes to Tamara and like literally one of the things I think back to when I think of how I do not like Tamara is when Ryan comes in having gotten the big (laughs) side tattoo and like she reacts to it whatever but for some reason her pulling the tape off of it like she does has always left a bad taste in my mouth. Wow. And I think it's it's because she reminds me of someone like in my family who is like uh, not in my immediate family but so just like little things that she does sometimes remind me of that person and I definitely think that which is funny because I love that person in my family yeah but there's something about it where I'm just like oh I've, I know how this movie ends <laughs> like I know who this woman is and her doing that I'm like she's just such an like she's a bit of an attention seek like seeker in a way to me Tamara that, yeah she ta- is oh, for sure yeah and I, don't I love know. it so I mean yes sure so her ripping that off is something that I always think about when I think of early Tamara so seeing it again was kind of funny should we get into Tamara and her strange, strange codependent relationship with Ryan, her son. Yes, because it dovetails into the assignment of it all. Yes. Go ahead. Oh my God. So for those of you who don't know, in Orange County season three, we meet Tamara, her 21 year old son. He is moving back into the house. He's been kicked out from his grandmother's house. He is very proud to not have a job and not care about working. His mom funds his life. He admits over and over again that he drinks all night, sleeps all day. And Simon, who's Tamara's husband, is very annoyed with him, wants him to literally just get a job. He hooks him up with a job at Mercedes-Benz like doing you know some low-level job so that he can work his way up the ranks and he doesn't like doing that because there's no air conditioning where he is I respect it I get it (laughs) but it's just one of those things where you know he is literally and I can't believe I'm saying this in episode three he's my least favorite of all the franchises least favorite housewife child I so far or like literally ever I will not change my answer ever I can't okay yes that's fair like I mean especially later yeah certain things we learn about him uh, totally I hear that I hear that to me there's one thing to be a lazy you know child of like this mother who's obviously coddled you and all of that that's one thing that's partially the mother's fault and all that but to be proud of being lazy to be proud of like showing off to your mom that I spent the $400 you gave me or whatever on this weird tattoo on the side of my body and it's just it's so Orange County to me there is a lot more that happens with him he is on future seasons but it was just so evident I forgot how much we learn about him up front he goes to a club with Tamara and Simon for some reason it was a mother-son club night so cute they grow up so fast and <laughs> Tamara's trying to find him a you know stripper 
Tamara-like woman per his request because he likes blonde, big boobed women. It was And Tamara is prideful of that, mind you, and knows that he gets it from her, yeah. which she boasts about, which it's an interesting dynamic. It is. But that goes into Tamara's kind of attention-seekingness, so like yeah. it isn't shocking. Do you also lose sleep over Ryan throwing Tamara's thong at her when she like left it in his room or Tamara squeezing Ryan's butt, you know, her saying at the club, I'm looking for a girl for you. And then him saying, thank you, mother. I mean, Why are you whispering into the microphone? Because like I want she everyone to feel as creeped me, out as I did. She is staring me right in that. Consider me creeped. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm setting the tone. I'm setting. I'm literally creating the feeling that I felt, which is deep bone chilling creeped out. <laughs> You really flinched when I said deep. <laughs> You're painting a picture. It's working. I am. I'm upset. But yeah, it's... What do you think? Tell about, me your thoughts. The thing about Ryan and kind of taking the stuff in the future to the side, it's like that's interesting about him and the dynamic with Simon is I feel a little bad for Ryan just because he is still obviously young. He's 21. He's still clearly trying to like find his footing and like what he wants to do. So I feel a little bad for him that I do think Simon is the worst and I could not imagine Simon being my stepfather. Uh. Could not imagine because I don't think Simon loves that boy in any capacity I and agree he's with been that. in his life for a decade at this point yeah so that is really tough i can't imagine how that would make ryan feel but that being said like ryan i don't know at a certain point by the time i was 19 like i supported myself i was in college i was living on my own so like i look at him and i'm like okay simon has offered to like pay the stuff for you and blah 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 so like take that and run with it you right, know so right. like clearly it's also on him to kind of do whatever but there is an obvious jealousy kind of when it comes to Ryan and Simon from both of them in regards to Tamara. Yeah. And like she's very much at the center of that. And like not in like a weird way, in an organic way because of just how her relationship with Ryan and how Simon came to the picture. And how old was Tamara when she had Brian again? She was she very was young, right? She was 18 or 19. Yeah. Somewhere 17 to 19, somewhere in there. She was a single mom. She did have, it seems like she said in the show, she had some help from Ryan's father. So it wasn't like he was just completely absent. But it was just him and her for a while. So of course they're going to be close. I think where I draw the line is the being proud of being lazy for sure and just being so boastful about I'm going to do whatever I want your rules don't make any sense it's very much like a he's like a dumb kid at this point yeah like, that sounds rude but like that's no. kind of what it boils down to he is some maturing to do he needs to kind of grow up and like realize that not everything's going to be handed to you. you're not always going to be coddled you know you need to kind of make a life for yourself that being said, something that I thought was interesting, and obviously we know things that happen in future seasons, but is seeing the ways in which Simon was very obviously controlling with Tamara and something, and obviously, obviously Ryan, like Simon has some control issues. And we see that, and something that sticks out to me is Tamara's asking Ryan to like do the dishes or clean up, which is a chore, which is not uncommon. Like when you live in a house, like you pitch in, you help out, and Ryan is like dragging his feet, and Tamara's running around the kitchen frantically, like she's high energy anyways but she was like telling him that he needs to do it before Simon gets home and she's like frantically cleaning and something about the way she said it it was like oh she knows that it isn't going to be good for probably either of them if like these chores are not done before Simon gets home which really made me uncomfortable I am going to say something that's going to make me look really bad. I'm completely on Simon's side this entire season. I am. Okay. I did not. I feel like I totally get why he would want the very least the chores in the house to be done after he's supporting should be their son. But let's say your son throughout this whole journey. I mean, Tamara is obviously giving probably from her real estate money, Ryan, some cash. But like Ryan is living in the house. He is 
eating their food. He is causing havoc in their family and causing havoc in their marriage. Mm -hmm. So I understand why Tamara would be like, let's at least do this. I'm not saying he's not controlling, but I'm saying that he has been driven to do that based on the behind his back relationship that Tamara and Ryan have. And I just felt so bad for him this whole season. I get he's he's very controlling. He's very strict. But also I was on his side. Like it was hard for me to feel bad for Ryan because like you said, you know, Tamara sort of reminded you of someone that you know. Ryan reminds me of so many kids that I know because I went to a private school with a bunch of rich kids who didn't have to do anything and were just sort of mean to people and lazy. And he just hit a nerve when I was watching it. I don't think it makes you look bad. And I agree that it's okay for Simon to obviously expect Ryan to do chores and to place certain, you know, expectations on him. The thing that still gets me though is Ryan aside is the way that like Tamra reacted in that scene that I kind of described earlier. I get it. That is just so indicative of something else. And kind of, I feel like it's probably her coming from not a lot of money and now being in this marriage where she has access to money, but it's not necessarily her money. And I think that dynamic trickles down and ripples throughout the whole family. I can understand that. To me, it comes down to Simon saying, the best thing that ever happened is Ryan moving back into that house so you can see what I've always seen. And I think Ryan is a big part of the bad part of their marriage. And I can understand where Simon comes from. And also Tamara acting that way, very unfeminist of me, but I just feel like it's because she hides so many things from him to cover for Ryan. And that was her panicking. I thought him saying that was really manipulative and kind of emotionally abusive. Wow, I thought it was honest and I agreed with him. You know, honest, emotionally, emotionally abusive can happen at the same yeah. time <laughs> am i emotionally abusive why am i completely sympathizing <laughs> with him am i a psychopath no it's okay I think, I think you just have a very specific like view ryan is annoying yeah. ryan is so annoying and so frustrating and if you were a parent i know you and had a child like, like it, that just wouldn't fly yeah we both grew up in like stricter households so like yes. i get where you're coming from but yeah. i do think simon definitely is showing some not great signs in this season for me for there, sure to that note i mean i grew up in a first generation household where i mean my dad was nothing like Simon, thankfully, but he it was very much like if dad asked you to do something, you respect dad and you do it. Oh, same. And say, I grew up in a black household. Like, yeah, we, we get it. Yeah, like, Egyptian. You know. black, yeah, you don't you don't mess around. So to me, I'm like, I can think about 20 times. The last time I was home, I was panicking washing the dishes because I'm like, you asked me to do this two hours ago and I didn't. I was watching Housewives. So maybe that's where I'm coming from. I did think it was funny. And this just goes to kind of like who Tamara is a little bit in toward the end of the season when it's revealed that she has a tattoo you know and it's just like Tamara we have spent this whole season of you and Simon being upset about his tattoos granted his are much larger and yet you have a tramp stamp (laughs) as your mother screamed hilarious that was one of my favorite things this season was Tamara's relationship to her like image and how she so clearly was like what did she she say something I shouldn't be going to the tanning bed but One of my biggest goals right now is to look as hot as I can. That was it. One of my biggest goals right now, me, I wonder what it is to be a better mother, to sell three houses by the end of the year, to look as hot as I can. You know, we each have our priorities. Yeah. And I loved it. I and hers has served it. her well, I'm sure. And hers is Botox. Um, but Okay. 
I think we've talked about Tamara enough. I can talk about it for hours. I need to stop. I need to stop. <laughs> but that's just indicative of that character. And like she, as we all know, she's here for over a decade. Yep. So we will get much more Tamara. Um, let's go to Gina <laughs> because we kind of already touched on Gina a bit. Oh, yeah. With Tamara. We already discussed whether she is jealous of Tamara or not. I just think she cannot stand her. One thing Gina did say that I thought was hilarious with Tamara being upset, again, attention seeking as she is about turning <laughs> four. Has she mentioned it no less than nine times? Right. Gina was like, I never get depressed about age. You know, if you're not turning a year older, there's a reason you're dead. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Gina's sense of humor just gets better and better <laughs> with each season. I cackle. So I she love it. She makes her. me like side hurt, bust a gut, throbbing pain in the side of my head, cackle. See, no, sh- because it's delivered with no facial change. Dry. She dry as a bone. <laughs> like even her other quote that I wrote down, Tamara says a lot of shocking things, but you know, here's an 82 pound girl who just had a drink, so I don't take it personally. <laughs> that is so devastating and so good. So good. And you know, like she's just so, she could work in a comedy room. I, oh, she really <laughs> could work in a comedy room. There's so much to cover with her. I feel like one of my favorite things with her this season was her relationship with Vicky. Yeah, it had obviously blossomed since season two. Absolutely, like seeing their friendship, and not only seeing like the positive of their friendship, which we've seen a lot of, but seeing like the ebbs and the flows. We got to see her go to Lake Havasu. Like Vicky got Gina to Lake Havasu, oh. where Gina delivered the iconic line and reference uh, <laughs> in regards to Vicky not wearing panties. She's the Britney Spears of Lake Havasu, a woman after my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> But it was interesting to see she and Vicky kind of take a journey this season. A, boot camp. Boot camp reminded me of season one with the bunnies. It was like this set piece that we always came back to. And for that reason, I like really appreciated it. It helped like center us in the show. Agree totally. That's a really good way of putting it. (laughs) Yes. And like through boot camp and through the relationship with Frankie and Frankie living in Vicky's second home, like, and Vicky being frustrated with that. And it's so interesting. The thing that's great about this dynamic between Vicky and Gina is I was on different sides at various points. It's like I understood Gina's argument that like a tenant probably shouldn't be living in there if you're doing active construction and you know maybe things should be docked if they are doing that. But then I I agree with Vicky like as my realtor don't ask if Slade Smiley can store his junk in my garage. Do not bring he who shall not be named. Do not Just bring that him. name up. Oh. Slade Slade Slade. Ew. Your sleep paralysis oh demon. Oh my god. <laughs> He is. He really is. Him doing the American Psycho push-ups or pull-ups. With the mask. With yes, the mask. that's my sleep paralysis demon. I mean, okay, I feel like, to address both of those points, I feel like Gina with the workout camps, her being like, oh, 5 a.m. sucks. She was so happy to do that with Vicky. It was so, like, they it had was a cute. blast. It's it, annoying to get up that early. Jesus knows. Yeah, couldn't tell you, but I'm sure. <laughs> it is. It okay. is. Can't confirm. Good I mean, I couldn't tell you. It's been years. But, like, I, you know, from what I remember. <laughs> terrible. It was terrible. And also, Gina is, of course, listing Vicky's house so she's Vicky's real estate agent and friend this season Vicky purchased a second house which we're going to cover when we get to her character and Gina is helping her list it it didn't sell right away because Vicky wanted to get rid of it right away so she brings in this new friend Frankie and he lives in the house do we want to get into Frankie frankly do we want to get into Frankie frankly do we want to get into Frankie because I forgot about Frankie 100% fully is he like the first gay friend of kind of i think so and then wow. i guess he to think that he would set the tone for the other gay friends in all of the franchises i thought it was dwight i was like so oh dwight 
<laughs> and then so Frankie I. popped up and I was like, oh, the eyelash. Yes, I remember her. The hair, incredible hair, I have to say. I mean, lip gloss always there unless Vicky shows up at 9 a.m. in the morning because he is, uh, as Gina says, a night owl he or is, nocturnal. He <laughs> permanently hungover. Let, let's talk about Frankie because he's an important piece of the Gina-Vicky puzzle. He, he just is. is. Kick it off because I, okay. I don't even know where to begin. I feel like during this Gina segment, I'm just going to literally be quoting iconic lines that Please. she said. But in regards... Okay, first... And the, this was mentioned in the reunion, but her meeting, I think it was the reunion, her meeting Frankie, he was a fan who wrote in. That shook a me. Fan, it, it sh- actually, it shocked me on one hand, but then also I remembered Miss Canada. So All I right. was like, of course, Gina just people took be, in this person. People be sliding into those key when, be, when people show you who they are, believe yes. them. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess this tracks. Yep. And honestly, it just speaks, I think, to Gina's kind of desire for companionship, yeah. which is like a sadder point. But... You know, Frankie being a part of their lives, they clearly get along really well. Like, obviously, there's a connection there. But her saying to him, he's my eating partner, not my workout partner. I mean. I nominate myself. Us. (laughs) I volunteer a tribute. I love her. Catches at the Olive Garden on any night, really. Honestly. 5TZD. But yeah, so Frankie, you know, I didn't think he added much, but he was a good vehicle to get drama from Gina and Vicky, and for that I am grateful. Because I don't know what would have happened between the two of them if someone, you know, external out of that friendship didn't come in. It made me sad. I was shook at first because I completely forgot that Frankie was a fan of the show who literally slid into her DMs, whatever the version of that was, slid into her AOL email, I guess, at the time. (laughs) Yahoo, (laughs) SBC Global, I can't remember. But, you know, she clearly, like you said, was craving companionship, was in a weird place. I'm sure it felt nice to have, like, a super fan who's like, I want to decorate your house. I'm a professional interior designer. It just was so shocking to to me that like she stood up for him so much because it was kind of embarrassing to me at a certain point. I understand why she did it, but some of his behavior was kind of weird. And also anyone who has ever met Vicky, why would you ever put someone like that in a situation near Vicky? It was misguided. It was odd. And I think her, you know, standing up for him was really her just standing up for herself. But like, she's not going to be the type to just say that, you Mm -hmm. know, like Vicky was kind of coming for her as a realtor and like rightfully so. Vicky had points. Points were made. But I think Gina just felt like attacked and like her name was kind of on the line. And meanwhile, this like competition and Tamra is kind of coming up so like Gina didn't want to look bad in the limo in front of her competition probably but like in the limo the limo scene we get kind of like one of our first housewife fights I feel okay break it down listen okay picture it the back of the limo (laughs) Vicky on the left Gina on the right Tammy, of all people, in the middle. Tamrat, to the side, foaming at the mouth with the drama with a smile on her face. Her villain origin story? <laughs> Watching this happen? The light in her eyes. The light in her eyes. We knew she was going to be a mess from that moment. The joy that Tamra got seeing this friendship in flames, indicative of who Tamra is throughout this series, honestly. But it's just like... When I say foaming at the mouth, I'm not even kidding. I think I saw a bit of saliva dripping down <laughs> her chin. So <laughs> okay, but Vicky was upset basically that Frankie had sent her a memo saying that he was deducting X and X and X off of his rent because of construction and whatnot that Vicky was having done. And she was confronting Gina about this. 
and Gina was making excuses for Frankie and Vicky felt like her friend and her realtor should have her back. So they were kind of duking it out in the limo as Tammy like looked side to side wide eyed probably thinking about Megan and selling Pitbull babies. <laughs> um, and it was like really our first housewives fight and it was it was good. It was good because the great thing and you'll hear me say this a lot is the best dynamics on these shows is when you can tell the women are actual friends because then when they have conflict it's like rooted in something real and that's what it felt like for Vicky and Gina in the limo for me. It brought out the best and worst in both of their personalities which is why I liked it so much. We see that Vicky has this side to her where she just gets black out angry and we sort of knew it was in her but she yes. was just shouting fuck this fuck this fuck you whatever <laughs> that she was saying she just kept shouting fuck very loudly and Gina is so mellow that she just kind of takes it a little bit yeah. too. And it, Gina just like doesn't put much credence into it really. She, d I feel like she, this is where you and I differ on our opinions of Gina. I think she really feels that and is actually a very sensitive person. Probably, yeah. Because I, you can't be that funny and not be sensitive. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both. I think she's very, I do think she's a sensitive person. I just think the thing with Gina that fascinates me is she's not, she's sensitive. Yes. She's mellow. Yes. She doesn't care. Yes. But she's not processed enough to, like, put all of that, sure. you know, where it needs to go. I actually thought Gina summed at least a part of her and Vicky's dynamic up really well. Oh, are you going to say this? Oh, I want you to do it. Is, is when talking about the Frankie situation, Gina said, Vicky lives for money. Frankie is like me. He would give you the shirt off his back. Vicky would sell it to you. And I was like. Mike drop in 2007 slash eight, honey. Oh, my, so early into the season. And the fact that you would say that on a show, I mean, how many times has that happened? And she summed up my very, very difficult relationship with Vicky as like a watcher of Orange County. I can never like her that much because she doesn't seem like she's that kind to people. She expects to be thanked constantly. And Gina, at the end of the day, will go out of her way to help you and be a friend to you. Yeah. She will also go out of her way to be an enemy to you at some at a certain point in the series. But at this point, like it just really showed me like, oh, my instincts are right about Vicky. I wasn't wrong. She was like that from the jump, from the get go. Something you said made me flash to a future season of OC. And I was like, oh, crap. Alice and I are going to fight. <laughs> But no, I hear that. And the thing with Gina, too, I do think she's a very kind and giving person. And I started to realize with this season that for me, Gina has kind of become the heart of the show mm -hmm. in like a very subtle way that I wasn't quite expecting. But I think, you know, in a big part of Gina's storyline this season is her being open about her legal separation with her husband, mm -hmm. well, her soon to be ex-husband, Matt. And well, not so soon, actually, ex-husband, because that lasts a while. Yeah. Um, Matt and and as she was talking about that and the things that he was saying when she was talking about boot camp of her being like I think I've just reached a point in my life where I'd rather live alone than in a relationship that's not that great for my kids yeah. and she said that Matt doesn't enjoy doing anything with her except for picking on what she looks like and she's over I was just like so devastated for her yeah and it's just I don't know and it's I think to me, she's become the heart of the show because we only want what's best for Gina. I care about Gina so much. I just want her to be happy. And I'm like, that's kind of the power. It's like, I don't know. The fact that I've grown to love this woman so much who I do not know is kind of like the power of Housewives a little bit. So, I mean, I think that the power of Gina is we're still so passionate about her. We still like her. We still call her the heart of the show, even though she had, in my opinion, one of the more racist moments in the entire Housewives franchise 
of Orange County. I mean, I'll just briefly say it. We don't need to spend too much time on it and give this attention, but it does have to be mentioned. She's sitting with Vicky. They're trying to eat healthy at lunch and a waiter comes over and they sort of make a joke about don't bring bread over here. You know, it's going to go straight to my thighs, whatever it is. And, you know, he offers them water, brings them water. And he had an accent and, you know, she's making jokes and the waiter's not responding because it's not his business and he probably has five other tables to deal with. Anyone who's been a waiter knows this. And Gina says, you know, to Vicky, stop talking to him. No, he's not going to know. He's like from a third world country. He didn't even speak any English. How is he going to know? That's the Orange County that I know. And that's the Orange County Gina that I know. You You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so effed up because five seconds later, one of their friends comes and walks by. He was from the previous season where they were at that restaurant where they were all cooking together. He's, you know, this handsome man. He is from another country, has a heavy accent, but because he's rich and he's hitting on them and he's complimenting them, he gets to be someone who understands what they're saying, mm. but not the waiter who's serving them. Yeah. That's some bullshit to me. And it's just Orange County in yeah, a nutshell. Not just racist, but like classes too. Yeah. And it you know, when you first brought that up, I literally had to be like, what moment is she talking about? Because there's just so much that happens on this show. So much this that season. I've, I've had to start like kind of desensitizing myself oh to my it gosh, a little yeah. bit just because it's damaging and it's tough and it just reminds you of like what the world is like. And again, I, I said this, you know, I think in our first episode, but you know, if that were to happen on the show now, it would at least be a conversation. And for that I'm grateful. But oh my god goodness these early seasons it's tough it's tough it just kind of slides by and it wasn't even addressed in the reunion for god knows what reason for because it's casual it's so casual especially amongst the orange county women i mean everyone at that reunion was a white person like yes andy cohen would someone on his staff would nudge him now or andy himself maybe would bring it up but like i think at that point especially in the television landscape in the world like stuff like that just gets said all the time and people like people of color have to take it on the chin and it's labeled as harmless and people of color anyone who's not white knows when that happens it's better to just not confront someone and just go about your day so it doesn't literally ruin your next couple of days because you know that person's gonna say oh well i wasn't trying to be mean you're twisting my words another thing for gina this season was kind of colton oh colton like colton i'm sad about that i I mean too because colton was like i mean because gina told us this every episode he was our gold i know (laughs) golden child you know but what made me sad was kind of seeing colton and kara's dynamic a little bit at the beginning of the season the graduation the graduation and her being just you could tell like she was actually upset which made me sad for them but like it is indicative of like you know his parents are finally separating there's a lot like he's been abused by shane for years i know poor guy he's (laughs) like like, i can finally be a person again oh my gosh wait speaking of shane though that moment where shane is kind of teaching him the batting tips when Colton comes up to see him was like weirdly endearing to me I was mm-hmm. like oh it felt like for the first time I was like oh is Shane finally getting like a little older and maturing a tiny bit which we see stuff in future seasons that makes us think he backslides <laughs> but like I was like I really loved seeing that sibling moment because it's so rare that we get one of those in the Q household I didn't I, I I felt nothing you black out when Shane comes on the screen so I, I do, do understand that if I hear the sound <laughs> of a baseball hitting a bat I th- that's my cue that's my Pavlovian cue she's just like great I attention. can take a snooze exactly great I can check my Instagram I just can't deal with that whole storyline but I agree I'm, I'm happier that he at least seemed to saw I can't even do it I don't even care I literally I don't care you know what? that's okay that's okay Colton <laughs> the Colt, I mean the heart of it for me it was Colton changing so much and not going to Kara's graduation like I had mentioned earlier and Gina being like we literally cried on the way home you know why didn't you come and he's just clearly going through this 
these anger issues because his dad's no longer there. He's in the middle of, you know, being the child that's sort of left at home. Everybody's off doing other things. I feel like he feels very abandoned and in a weird place. And I feel bad for him. That's where my sympathy for the Keogh children goes. And I also freaking loved, I'm sorry if you're going to say this, Kara being like <laughs> talking about her ex-boyfriend. Being like, I only wish the best for him. <laughs> genius you know she's my queen oh my I god love cars so and funny i was actually sad that we got less car this season me too but i know some good car stuff is coming up uh so i look forward to seeing that yeah i think we should transition to vicky and one thing i want to say to kind of help the transition that i thought was hilarious is when <laughs> gina was like i got my eye on vicky's <laughs> husband he's so great he works in the backyard he gets the yard looking great the cars look great he's so sweet be nice to don because he doesn't have to move too far away i was like is gina me <laughs> i felt that in my soul oh my god that when i think about he, just a man kind of, who does the yard work oh my god so kind so nice what more do you want <laughs> I mean, to me, when I think back about early Orange County, I think of that line. For some reason, I love it so much. because It's so good. He doesn't have to move too far away. She basically said, I will take your man. Just give him to me. Yeah, literally, give me, (laughs) just say the word. Literally, just give me the signal. I just love people fawning over Dawn. Like, even Quinn, we're not going to get into her now. But, like, people were sort of hitting on Dawn toward the end of the season at the end of the (sighs) And I'm like, I want him to be happy. As we've said. I love that we're talking about Dawn before Vicky. (laughs) This is a Don Stan account. This is account. a Don Forever and always. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but like that brings us to Vicky. Yes. You know, Vicky and Don this marriage. season. Their marriage. Like, you know, the thing that was interesting with Vicky this year was really, it's like on one hand I was proud and on the other hand I was disappointed. I was proud that she was like expanding her. That's the thing that I admire about Vicky the most is her commitment to her work and mm-hmm. her business. And we got to see her expand and really flourish in her business. And that scene when she's moving out of her home office, I oh, was like, yeah. So touched by because, you know, she's a self-made woman. She's worked very hard. But on the other hand, it's, you know, we also saw that. And Vicky's very honest about this. Yeah. How it impacts her marriage and how she's not, you know, treating Dawn in the ways that she knows she should be. And that's so tough to watch. She chooses her career proudly again and again. I mean, again, to your point, what I appreciate is she says, I love stress. I have to stress. And I have to say, sometimes I'm like that too. If there's not enough going on, I'm like, I feel like I'm, you know, that's probably just like a byproduct of capitalism. But I feel like I'm just like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not worth anything if I'm not stressed about something. So I did get that. But to have someone sort of begging you to be part of a marriage and you repeatedly being like, I'm choosing work it was so sad to me. I think it just says that right now she doesn't feel valuable when she's with Don, but she feels valuable when she's working. Yeah. Which is indicative of a bigger problem. And it's just tough because we also just love Don so much. Like inappropriately so, some might say. Yes. Um, or some might not say. I own my love for Don Gunvalson. Yeah. But like when Vicky was like, talking about her marriage and she would jokingly say should I get a new husband too it's like little stuff like that where I'm like Vicky shut your mouth that's what I would think so rude what did you think okay this is a question I have for you so we sort of covered in the Gina episode uh, the Gina part of this episode that Gina is listing Vicky's second house that she's purchased the reason that Vicky purchased the second house was because she wanted to downgrade to a house that's over 4,000 square feet but anyway for her (laughs) and Dawn now that the kids are out of the house so that they can travel more and enjoy life more and so she wouldn't work so much this is a hallmark of 
of Vicky's personality, talking about how much she works and she does not ever stop working. And it's so funny because for for a second you're like, oh, is she putting this on? But then she does it so much and people comment on it, people who aren't even like a part of the show regularly. So you're like, oh, this is actually who this woman is. Yeah, which I appreciate her being honest yeah, about I that. that. But like I sort of feel like when she bought that, she was throwing Don a bone in their marriage because she was not, you know, being present in that marriage based on what we've seen in this season of Orange County. And I'm like, if they moved to that house, would Vicky and Don still be together? Because feasibly, I would think that they would go traveling together. It would be a whole new storyline for them where they're in a smaller house. They have more money, you know, apparently. Why wouldn't they go travel together? But instead, they didn't move to the second house. Shortly after they got it, they were like, we're going to sell it and we're going to stay in the big home, even though Don did not want that. Mm -hmm. He wanted to move to the smaller house and travel with her. And then we end the season with Vicky going to Paris with 15 girlfriends and not Don, leaving him at home by himself. Is the question, would they still be together? Yeah. I don't think they'd still be together. I think Vicky throws herself into work because she isn't <laughs> happy at home right now. Yeah. And the thing with Don and Vicky is we're going to see them have more bad times, then more good times, and then more bad times. And like we're going to see them go through it. But I think, I don't know, I just think work is what makes Vicky feel valuable. So I think if they moved into a, a small house, it would be the same. You're never home, Vic. Like it would, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that would change. Yeah. Because something in their marriage just like isn't working. I mean, Lord knows the love tank has not been brought up yet, but like her love tank is not full, basically. And that's not even Dawn's fault. That's a Vicky thing. That's a journey that Vicky's going to have to go on, and we will see it. (laughs) We will will learn a lot about Vicky. We will see it, but like, oh boy. And she, the whole loving stress thing, I did think it was kind of funny. when she was like guess what I love my work I love having stress and I'm staying in the big house like I don't know it's like I think also I think part of it too a little bit is like you know the thought of downsizing kind of admits defeat in a weird way even though your children are out of the house it's just you and your husband it's perfectly acceptable to downsize so many people do it at that point in their lives but to her I think she's climbing this ladder her business is booming she's expanding her old best friend Lori is having this fairy tale wedding and has the world at her fingertips and I think Vicky really takes that if anyone's jealous on this cast and I say that with so much love because you know I yeah. care about Vicky and Vicky will tell you like it's Vicky so I think yeah. to her it's like an admission of defeat to downsize sure. and I'm grateful she didn't because I love that house I do too <laughs> what is it Shire is that what it's called I have no idea but I love I it I think it's called Shire I'm pretty sure it's great I mean I loved learning about Vicky like this season in terms of like how she has fun because I said that one of my favorite moments and like underrated moments for season one was learning that she had been sick when she was younger and it really made her learn to love and really like embrace life and whoop it up and all of that and we really got to see her do it this season yeah. I mean when they went to the damn river the, <laughs> them drinking out on the river and being like you have to be careful we've known four people on the river that have died like what and then if you get if you get her in the river, there's no hospital. What? what? There's just and then still like partying it up, drinking, getting Gina to drink, them drinking at the house. There's just so. I mean, obviously you don't have to drink to have fun, but with Vicky, it's like another part of her personality is activated when she drinks. Yeah, she enjoys hitting people when she's. I mean, in a playful way, but enjoys hitting people Justice when she's for Tammy. drunk. Was that Tammy that she was? <laughs> Oh yeah, poor Tammy beating up on Tammy and she's Tammy's like sober and she's like, Oh my god. I had a friend's dad do that to me once. He had been drinking a little bit and got oh, so excited CBS. and we were like they were watching a football game. Notice I didn't say we. Um, <laughs> and he got excited and like 
pounded my arm and I was like, sir, I do not want to be here anyways. Leave my, I am a delicate flower. Leave my arm alone. I'm calling my mom. Um, it was very Tammy energy in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> I also loved her like having this, you know, good for you having this like very big party season. I, I also forgot that her drink was a martini with three blue cheese stuffed olives. But anyway, I love a martini, but you know, I'm sorry. Blue cheese does not belong in a drink. But anyway, I also cracked me up that she was like, you know, I don't want my kids to drink. And, you know, I, I've taught Michael all I know about <laughs> the dangers of drinking. I want a slippery pebble. I mean, it's <laughs> man so juice. good. Man juice. I hated Triggered. that. Oh, Brittany Jean, Brittany yes. Jean. <laughs> it was so good. And it really cracked me up. And I loved seeing her on the multiple vacations we saw her on this season. It is so fun to see like whoop it up, Vicky. Yeah. I, you got to admit it. it. It's a good time. So we've talked about Vicky and Gina and kind of their friendship. Like that moment, <laughs> I did love that moment where she says about Gina, truthfully, I have to say she's my best friend. Aww, it was very yeah, sweet. I agree. But another friendship we've seen is is Vicky and Lori. Yeah. You know, throughout the series. And I think it's interesting because I feel like they've grown apart a bit now than where they used to be, obviously. But they still had their moments like when Vicky gave a toast, you know, for Lori at the bridal. Sh- was it a bridal shower? Mm-hmm. And I, th- I don't know why, but it really stuck with me of her telling the story of Lori going on that date and coming back and just see- being like, he's so nice. He's so nice. And then Vicky kind of like dropping in and being like, he is so nice. And it was just like, I was like, oh, I was like, I'm feeling things. What's happening? Did you remember when I said something <gasps> made me... So I had a little bit of an emotional leak. You're, we all have Allison's them. Allison's literally tearing up. I, I can am. see it. For some reason, I mean, as a writer, you really can't write moments like that. Uh, but Vicky gives this emotional speech about how when Lori came home after her date with George, who she marries this season, and she says, he's so nice. And then Vicky was all doubtful about it. And then she says something like, you know, and then I met George and he's so nice. Beautiful. And she tears up. There's just something so pure about it. And because... Vicky is jealous of Lori. Vicky is going through a difficult time in her marriage. Vicky is going through so much, but it was just a moment of being like purely vulnerable where, you know, this doesn't come that often. So I take the moments where I can with Vicky in this regard. It had nothing to do with anything other than loving on Lori and being so happy for her. It's very selfless. I don't know. It just got me. And also wedding, those speeches suck 95% of the time. And I just loved that hers was so good. It's like, okay, Vicky, yes. you could be a writer. It, yeah. I mean, it, it really got me. Um, I don't I don't know why it just really because it was me. it was real it was very touching it was so good and like like she she did that it was very sweet and it's it's a culmination of that dynamic it's like we're three seasons in with them and it, it was just really touching and nice to see yeah i agree Oof, another side of miss vicky and I mean, I also sort of saw sparks of a Tamra friendship. Again, we won't cover it because there isn't a full Tamra friendship yeah. yet. You did see the sparks of a friendship there because Vicky saw that Tamra likes to have fun. Tamra saw that Vicky likes to have fun. And they sort of like to make asses of themselves when they're drinking. Mm-hmm. And that's really rare as someone who loves to have a friend who does that. I mean, I'm now in my 30s. I don't do it as much as in my 20s. But I love having a friend where you're like, I can just be done with you and you're not going to judge me. And you can tell that they see that in each other. And it's the beginning of a beautiful friendship, some might say. Yeah, some. Some? Including me. (laughs) No, including me. Like I I thought you were about to fight me. No, (laughs) no. Vicky and Tamara are undeniably an iconic duo. And I'm excited to like rewatch that journey. And and you definitely see the sparks. The thing that Vicky's just also... The thing I appreciate about Vicky is she really does 
mention it all. She puts it all on the table. She's very honest and very open. We, as the series goes on, that isn't always the case, but in these earlier, especially like she, if she's jealous, she tells you like when she, <laughs> when Tamara gets her Rolex and Vicky realizes this is like a new Rolex, like she already had one. Vicky's like, you had a Rolex. Are you selling that one? Because I don't have a Rolex. She was, and then in her confessional, she was like, uh, she was like, I'm older than Tamara and I don't have a Rolex. And would, then she waves her wrist in front of George being like, hello. And I just thought that was really funny. And then her kind of being honest though and being like, yeah, I'm jealous that Lori and Tamara, Tamara both have Rolex watches from their men. And it's just like such a thing for her. And I think it comes, we've talked about this before, but it comes back to this idea that she's a self-made woman and, and she's had to work so hard for the beautiful life she has. And to see people get things handed to her drives Victoria Gunvalson in like it drives her nuts I I mean if that was your thing I can understand why you would just not let up on that so yeah I loved her sort of the Rolex there were so many Rolex mentions this season the, but also even like that Rolex moment was just it like was the gift that kept giving right. it was Tamara <laughs> repeating that she got this amazing gift 15 million times it was Gina commenting on the Rolex it was Vicky like it was just a good little set piece agree Okay, I think we have to touch on Vicky's parenting a little bit. <laughs> the season starts with <laughs> Vicky oh. getting <laughs> Brianna a car. <laughs> and Vicky's screaming more than Brianna uh, in, in regards to said car. And it was so funny to me. Brianna fully overwhelmed, just trying to live her life well, away from her from mother. <laughs> away from her Vicky honking and then screaming all the way up the sidewalk cracked me up but like to Brianna's point she was like it's kind of just another way for her mom to kind of maybe exert some control over her and I'm like Vicky I know you're trying to work on yourself but and okay I want to ask you (laughs) I kind of wondered if it was actually in response to George buying Lori a car last season really if Vicky wanted to start the season being like I can afford to like give the people I love gifts too it just like it creeped into my mind. So I was curious if it creeped into yours. It didn't creep into mine. I think that she admitted to all of us that money is one of the last holds she has over her children. She literally <laughs> says that in a confessional. And so I think that it certainly was a flex. She could have gotten her a Toyota Camry or something that she could probably afford and instead got her this very high maintenance Mercedes. She just pulls up and surprises her daughter Brianna with it. And you're going to make the payments. And you're going to make the payments. Woohoo! <laughs> and you're just like, what? It's it's just a very odd moment. And also like you've now put this like nursing student. She has this responsibility for like a $500 car payment on a car she didn't ask for. And it was like Vicky just felt like this is a, a theme with her too. If I scream loud enough, you're going to be just as excited as me in a couple of minutes. And you just you couldn't manufacture it. We saw it with Michael last year. We're seeing it with Brianna <laughs> oh, that's this right. year. <laughs> but you know, Vicky is the gift that keeps giving. I also loved that. That wasn't my favorite moment. My favorite moment was when she was getting the car at the dealership and they offered her a latte and she was like, you have lattes do you remember that and it was like that's when the car was oh, sold yeah. it wasn't when she got to buy it was when they offered her a probably just a like generic milk latte for anyone working on a business plan <laughs> take notes lattes i must say though and i i was gonna save it for the underrated moment okay. but it's not underrated by Ooh, any means okay the one of my favorite scenes in the entire series <gasps> is when vicky takes her assistant tammy to get pampered and <laughs> 
it also gets her a bikini wax when i tell when i think of the show just in general i think of that scene i think of vicky and gina outside of that door as this poor woman is being (laughs) describe tammy so there's multiple tammies on the show this this season vicky hires an assistant to like you know her business is expanding she doesn't have Lori anymore she doesn't have duff anymore she needs help so she hires tammy who is just this like quiet lovely woman she has with sort of really ex- long blonde hair who's kind of a little like like i don't want to say hippie eccentric but eccentric yeah. who's just all you can tell us all about the vibes and but also like really good at her job yeah. and doesn't really pamper herself so vicky as a treat takes her basically to like a spa day to get her hair cut and colored and to get her eyebrows waxed and to also apparently get a bikini wax so wow. vicky gina and assistant tammy as i refer to her in my notes <laughs> <laughs> are sitting down and vicky strap is like uh so what's the situation like down there to which gina is more and makes direct eye contact with the camera (laughs) and Tammy's like oh you know and so they convince her to get a bikini wax and we obviously do not see it but we are outside of the door as this woman is getting the life ripped out of her it seems (laughs) and one of my favorite moments from that scene is (laughs) assistant Tammy screaming you have no idea that part never sees daylight I thought you guys were my friends and Gina going (laughs) oh we did a bad thing It's so good. One of my favorite moments of the entire Real Housewives of Orange. I love that. That's a good favorite moment. Top tier. It's like I like literally was crying the first time I watched it. So funny. But and then it like drops in emotionally too at the end with like assistant Tammy's reaction and like you can tell she's one of those people that not a lot of people have done nice things for her like that so it was really touching and just like a really genuine thing from vicky even though she put her through actual hell on this day right core memory we'll never forget it to make her look the way she thought she needed to look (laughs) yeah listen we all have our flaws yes that's vicky's that's so i had i had to mention that. i love that i'm so glad you brought it up that's a great favorite moment to have should we transition to tammy okay let's go to tammy tammy had a really tough season i have three bullets (laughs) And I have two. <laughs> like, Tammy did have a tough season. I'll let okay, you-, you know what? We should rephrase that. Tammy's children had a tough season. Tammy's children did have a tough season. And, you know, by extension, Tammy, because, like, you don't want to see your children in pain. It, it kind of goes back to one of my favorite quotes by Lisa Vanderpump is, like, your mother's only as happy as her saddest child. Mm-hmm. And this season, both Megan and Lindsay were obviously going through it. So, basically, we come into the season and their father, Lou, has just passed away. And not only that, but Lou didn't have a will, it seemed. So, all of his fortune went to his wife. And it seems like his wife maybe allegedly didn't share that wealth with his children. So we come in in a very bad way (laughs) with Megan and Lindsay. The traumatic part to me with that is less about the money. He there is definitely some more to be discussed there. But, you know, Lou, their father, had a heart attack in front of Megan. Megan called her mom, Tammy, and she said, you know, dad's dying, dad's dying. And I guess Megan has had a reputation of over-exaggerating or per Tammy saying she used the phrase crying wolf and she didn't believe her and her dad died in front of her. And so I... And Megan called her mother back and said, like, you don't get it. Dad is dead. I have chills talking about that right now. Like, that's so 
horrible. And, you know, it's just so sad because for everything, I think whenever we talked about Lou, their father, Tammy's ex-husband, we talked about how he spoiled the kids. He had a little bit of a creepiness to him, but he loved those girls, you can tell. And he had said to them over and over again, you know, my girls never have to work. I don't want you guys ever to work. My girls never have to work. And he obviously was not planning on having a massive heart attack and dying in front of her. And so, like you said, he had no will. There was nothing left for them. It's almost like that whole part of their life just completely shut down. And it was just a very heavy way to start the season. But once again, Tammy has the richest story and gives us the least. Gives us, I like literally gives us nothing. No. I have three Tammy bullets and they all are Megan. They're all about Megan. Go ahead. I think it's also worth noting because I don't think we really touched on this last time that Megan commented on this that Lou and his friends are all married to young Thai women, Mm -hmm. correct? Yes. Which I don't know. Something about Lou, I don't know. It was like something in the buttermilk wasn't quite clean. Agree. And I feel like that's what Megan was alluding to totally. in saying that, but we never really dive into it. And didn't his wife, when he passed, was having a heart attack, she... ran across the street mm-hmm. because his best friend lived across the street yes. to say Lou's having a heart attack. And I'm like, you guys all live across the street from each other? Oh, I was th- I was thinking you were going to say, why didn't she just call 911? Which, that to be too. fair, I guess when it comes to fight or flight, some people just like, yeah. I, I guess react differently and panic but it you know kind of just that dynamic kind of brought up a moment from Megan where I thought that I thought was unsavory you know when she's talking about this woman and she was like if I could have her deported I would and I was like oh my gosh Orange County but it was also just rooted in such pain and like it just tells you that situation was just bad yeah it was bad because it really is their entire lives Megan this season I did not like her last season and I'm not saying I liked her this season either like there was stuff that she did that absolutely annoyed me but I do feel like I understood her a pinch more this season maybe and I really liked how I feel like we got more Megan and less Lindsay this season definitely yeah So like when Lindsay was kind of posing in that photo shoot and Tammy was with her and she was about to go topless like and Megan showed up to like support her. I really appreciated Megan advocating for her sister, like not taking the topless photo when Tammy was kind of in stage mom mode. Like I appreciated it for the first time. It felt like Megan was the adult, like uh, not to say that Lindsay shouldn't post topless if she wants to, but at least Megan was offering the POV. Like you don't have to do this. If I'm remembering correctly, didn't Tammy say in our society, sex sells. <laughs> Tammy it's was like, what? again, full stage mom thinking of nothing else, but like the, the, task at hand not even her daughter you know I was surprised to see that side of her you know yeah it it was like a flicker of I don't know Tammy has these moments again like you said she gives us so little Mm -hmm. that like it's when she does give us a moment like that it's like oh like who is this woman yeah and I feel like after watching her for two seasons I still don't know I don't know who Tammy is at her core. And that's a problem. That's not what you want in a housewife. You want someone like a Vicky or even like a Gina who is a little more reserved, but like it's all on display. Or someone like Tamara who comes in and literally there is nothing in her life that you kind of don't know. Tammy is not that way. And I found myself wondering at a certain point in the season, why is she here? Right. And, you know... It would be, I don't know if you have other Megan things that you wanted to bring up. Just one more. Please. Just one more. Uh, and it was when she grabbed her mother's face. And <gasps> I was like on the boat. The whole boat thing was terrible. It was terrible. It was so They were so immature. I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, I don't want to watch this like sorority frat party. But then the way she grabbed Tammy's face, I was like, oh, like, no, ma'am. No, Overboard. ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> like literally head dunked. Yes. I hated that moment for Tammy. And it was just really uncomfortable. 
so Megan had a 21st birthday party on Tammy's boyfriend's boat. I would have loved to see Tammy in a relationship. She looked great this season. I mean, she always looks good, but she looked happy from what I can tell from her non-speaking or participating in any part of the season. But she had a birthday party for Megan on her boyfriend's boat. And she brought on a bunch of like crazy friends who were wrecked the boat, throwing things around, whatever. And Megan was just completely wasted and just so sad. You can tell she's just in a really sad place. And, you know, she grabbed her mom's face and Tammy was really upset and it was just awful. So I don't know. I just left this season with Tammy. Like I actually left on a good note with her because I was so happy to see her so happy at Tamara's birthday party. Like I've said, her 40th on the boat when she was like, I love you. We kind of saw her drinking. She looked so fun and, you know, pretty and whatever. And I'm like, I want to see this, you know, Tammy. I I don't want to see this other version of her that we've been getting. But yeah, I mean, I thought that we were going to say goodbye to her when they brought Quinn on, but they both stayed. Yeah. So let's talk about Quinn. Let's talk about Quinn. Who is Quinn, Allison? (laughs) I can't answer that. You got to answer that. I don't fucking know. Sorry for the F word. I don't know. (laughs) Quinn is kind of this housewife who is a cougar-esque, who is just like flirty and trying to live her life and find someone that she really connects with and ultimately get married. And yes, that sounds very surface level. And that's because that's what we got. (laughs) Like Quinn, I don't know. There wasn't a lot to Quinn for me this season. I didn't think she was integrated with the group very well, which was really tough. And, you know, I think the only thing I was interested in a little bit was kind of her dynamic with Billy and their differing opinions on religion and how that like influenced their relationship but like she really just didn't do it for me personally i just don't understand i have so many questions i don't know so rare is it that i will be watching a housewife show and be like i have no idea why you're here i know why tammy (laughs) knickerbocker is here i totally get it I don't know why Quinn was brought on. It felt like weird B-roll footage of like someone's audition tape that they just accidentally edited into the show. And someone's like, oh, shit, why'd you let that air? Yeah. Like it. she just talked in this weird baby voice all season. She seemed like a perfectly nice person, but she was like constantly talking about, oh, I'm, I'm Christian and my parents are Christian. And it's very important to me to marry a Christian and blah, 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 and get married and all of that. And I left my marriage. She has like a 16 year old son, I think, or something like that. I don't remember how old he was, but she has a teenage son, I think with her ex-husband she left him because she didn't feel the passion in the relationship and she's clearly a very sexual lady I mean in her little baby voice she's like talking about kissing on people's necks and doing things and toys and then being like I can't be with you because you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ <laughs> so I'm sorry there if you're gonna do that I'm all for it but be interesting and I just don't think because of what you said she was very like reserved we didn't get a lot of sides of her she didn't want to engage in the women because she was like they're catty which girl I get it but also read the room like why are you here then (laughs) you know we're not here to have like a tea party and talk about i don't know ephesians but she bummed me out i don't know there's i really have so little to say about her same same i agree there were so little sides to her but there's one side of her you didn't mention that i think has to be mentioned and that is roxy Her and her blonde wig. Oh, uh, no. Her alter ego, Roxy. Listen, that wig, not that wig, but Quinn and a wig will come back in a very (laughs) funny way. The only thing I found myself asking, so basically she shows up to meet Billy and she's wearing this blonde wig and she's a brunette and she kind of has this sexy alter ego that she's playing whose name is Roxy. And my only question is because up until this point, she mentions how she's, you know, very sexual and, but like she doesn't really 
really believe in sex before marriage, but also she, it's been 16 years. So like alluding to the fact that like, you know, a girl needs what a girl needs. So I found myself wondering, my question for Quinn would be, is Roxy as Christian as Quinn? (laughs) Is this how she, um, you know, gets her release? Is this how she justifies things? I don't know, Jesus. I was possessed by a woman named Roxy, a demon named Roxy. As your sister in Christ, I'm going to have to tell you to burn the wig. (laughs) I think that's enough for Quinn. I think so, too. Let's move on to the only person we haven't talked about. Lori. Lori. I can't believe we even talked about Lori. Well, here we are. I have something to say. Please. I liked Lori this season. Wow. (laughs) Welcome to the club. I don't want to join the club, but I did like her this season. You're getting a t-shirt anyway. Um, Well, just get my shirt size right. Thank you. (laughs) Um, uh, Let me write it down. I'm not going to say it on this podcast. (laughs) Um, I liked Lori more than I ever have. I felt like she was vulnerable on camera not once but twice for the first time for me personally like when she cried early in the season and not to say that the only way to be vulnerable is to cry but for Lori like I just she always talked about such heavy stuff I was like can I get an eye glisten please like (laughs) like, you know and she like cried when she was talking about Josh so basically I guess you know when she had kicked Josh out of the house at the or between seasons or between the season two and the reunion he went to stay with George's ex- wife which is a whole other thing that i have nothing but questions about questions I know a comments, little bit of tea and co- oh can't yeah. wait for that concerned um but i appreciated her letting us in in that way and there's another moment that in the reunion where she's oh. talking about her brother it was one of my favorite moments the, oh of the my season. goodness yeah. it like and you could just it's devastating so basically Andy's talking about how they have a big gay fan base and this leads Lori to talk about how like she had a gay brother who passed away in his 40s and he was HIV positive and had a lot of friends who you know unfortunately had also had HIV AIDS and had died from it and he didn't want to kind of let the disease take him so he ultimately took his own life and and it was just yeah it was hearing her talk about it and be so vulnerable with us I really appreciated that and I think you know a lot of people watching who have similar stories probably really connected with her in that way so I really appreciated Lori kind of telling us that in a place like Orange County too because I mean I don't know that anybody would normally feel comfortable talking about like having a gay brother let alone being close with him let alone saying he was HIV positive let alone saying that he ultimately took his own life because he was watching his friends die like there's so much vulnerability there and you could tell she loved him so much and she was proud of him him and you know it it I was happy she said that and yeah, it was part, important yeah it was important what did make me laugh I'm sorry in that was Gina going what happened to him <laughs> do you remember that Lori was starting her story she was getting a little emotional before she told the story that we just told it was very moving she said something you know well my brother and she goes what happened to him you know the thing about <laughs> Gina is she either comes at the perfect time or at the worst time ever, but she's always going to ring the bell. She is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know where to go. <laughs> no, I mean. Uh, What's this tea you have? Okay. So the whole thing about Josh that you said moved you. I actually didn't like that. And I have a theory. You didn't like her being vulnerable? No, no. I didn't like her crying at that of all of the things. To me, the reason that she cried, and you know, I'm a Lori fan. It was because she. I, it What? 
no, no. You know what I'm going to say? I had the, the thought crossed my mind that. She, well, I think that she was embarrassed. Yeah. He he humiliated her. Mm-hmm. And from what I read online about George's ex-wife, all alleged, obviously, I just read this on gossip sites. There were things about his ex-wife refusing to leave the home, being upset that a lot of the times their kids, um, some of the kids that we saw, George's kids like Mackenzie, sided with George in the divorce. And there was like legal issues where they had to get the police to get her out of the house. His ex-wife at one point was involved with Dennis Rodman. There's just so many things where I'm like, wow, I mean, not, I never had that on my bingo card for Orange County season three, but it just seems like Josh joined that chaos because he knew that it would get the attention of his mom and hurt her because he obviously felt left out by this perfect life that she was creating. And it doesn't matter if Lori said, you're not part of my perfect life. How many times did she say, I mean, I won't even give away the quote. I'm sure you're going to say it. How many times did she make him feel like you're, I would love you to be in my life, but you just have to get yourself together. Yeah. It was conditional love in joining her life. Not in that she didn't love him, but I mean, he didn't feel like he could just join the house out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, the thought did cross my mind when she was crying that that pain might be a little more rooted in her and like her being concerned for George and like the embarrassment. But at this point, it's we're three seasons deep. I've been desperate to see any emotion from this. Sure, I get that. I was like, I was looking for crumbs. (laughs) And you got it. Yeah. I got a cake. Oh, my. And it was in the center of the tent. Cool. (laughs) I mean, finishing up the Josh stuff, too. I mean, how did you feel about the intervention? Oh, my God goodness uh the thing that is tough about josh in this season for me is that in season one especially like he's acting out he's still a minor he still has this innocence to him of kind of being a kid so there is a hopefulness that things can get better and things can turn around circus season three he's older yeah he definitely looks older and he feels older and it starts to feel like devastating because like that innocence is starting to go a little bit and you're realizing like, oh, this is an adult man who's still having these struggles and it just is so sad. And when they're in that therapy session and he says to her, I wish I could be what you wanted me to be. I was like devastated for him. And he was crying. Like it was just so real. And it's so hard because, you know, I've had my issues with Lori and Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that his issues paired with just who she is as a person are ever going to mesh well. And that is sad to say, but that's, what's devastating to me. Like I know, but I, but then again, I did love how he was like, you know, I called on my mom and she helped me, you know, like, so it's just complicated, but I just, I was really heartbroken. I was heartbroken by it. I didn't like to her bringing up, you know, I made you take a urine test just this morning. And I just feel like he was a little bit blindsided by that. He knew there was going to be a camera, obviously. He knew that there was probably going to be some therapist situation. But I don't know if it was because there was a lot of press about it at the time, because I wasn't reading the press in 2007 about this. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like it was more about covering her bases and making sure that the public knew she had been dealing with this for a long time, because I don't think she just wasn't dealing with it. I just feel like it was more about covering bases than it was having like this authentic like intervention situation. Yeah, but I also feel like that's always who Lori has been. You yeah, know, it, yeah. and that's the sad thing. Like people I tell you who they are, believe them. exactly. And I yeah. think I said this in season one when you were obsessed with her. But like I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm no, ashamed. I no, but like that's what she would do. She basically would pimp out her 
children's struggles, I feel like, for story and for attention a bit. And even though I liked her more this season, I think that's what you're hitting on. Yeah. And it is sad. And, like, you can tell she embarrassed him on camera. And even last season when she came to the house to see Ashley, Ashley said on camera, are you trying to embarrass me? Like, so it's just a running thing. And I think it's just who she is. And it's tough. Oh, Lori. Ooh, what a downer, this little I Lori know. segment. Well, I mean, the positive things with her kids are her and George's family, they seem to be blending very well. Yes, and her and Ashley's relationship seems to be really beautiful. And yes. another thing that really endeared me to Lori this season was the RV trip. Love. Like, that is the most relatable thing that Lori has done in the three seasons she's been on the show. And it, like, and I think it helps being juxtaposed to George, who has, is like a silver spoon in his mouth. So but good. It, like, I I was like, oh, Lori's so down to earth. Where's this Lori been? And like (laughs) Mackenzie being on the phone being like, I'm about to like sacrifice myself to the bears. (laughs) Honey, if I had a nickel. (laughs) I just thought them on the RV trip was it delight. And her driving, like I was delighted. It was so good. And you know, that whole, you know, that whole trip is very much an early Housewives franchise hallmark where you can't get situations like this. Put them on a bus, honey. 100%. Put them on a bus, make them uncomfortable. Now people know to like, oh, maybe bring things with them, create a storyline on the bus. It was just literally a bunch of rich people being uncomfortable, except for Lori. (laughs) And I loved even George being like, when they were like filling out the paperwork, whoever's driving has to fill this out. And he's like pointing at Lori. (laughs) Um, She's driving it. I loved it. I loved him taking a picture of her driving the RV. It was really cute. I thought that whole trip was a lot of fun and it made me happy that her family seems to be blending really well. Their family seemed to be blending really well. Yeah, it was a good season for Lori. I mean, she started it off in her rose garden and I was like, this is the most Aww. Lori thing I've ever seen. I love the rose garden. I feel garden. like her and Ashley have gotten to this point that was really touching and beautiful. Like Ashley like didn't annoy me as much this season. Like it was funny to see her go to the, I was like, oh, Ashley's going to the Playboy Mansion full circle. Oh okay, okay. I appreciated Ashley like sticking to her guns when it came to the OC Angels thing. Yeah, I like, agree. I know with, yeah. Lindsay and the other head angel were like annoyed that she wasn't in the bathing suit, but I was like, no, these girls men are watching y'all change into these bathing suits that are clearly too small for you. I was very proud of Ashley for sticking to her guns on that. Who would have thought that Ashley would do that? I mean, in my mind, Ashley from last season or earlier years would have just been like, well, they told me to do it, so I'm going to do it. But, you know, these older men who were Lou, who's passed away there his co-workers co-owners of the oc angel his friends were asking them to try on skimpy bikinis for them and like making comment like it was so gross it It was was so gross and she was like i'm not going out like i'm not going out there and then he was asking them to like hand out water bottle these water bottles whatever those energy drinks are and she was like regular and diet exactly and when she was in that outfit by the way that was the chubby girl outfit of 2007 (laughs) that long skirt that went past the shins but you're like it's jersey it's fine wink (laughs) and the tank top i mean i didn't know her my arms haven't seen sun since 2006 but her having that like just that moment of like i'm really gonna cover myself up i don't care i really appreciated that and i kind of rolled my eyes when you were like Ashley didn't bother me that much this season, but that was a great Ashley moment. And also her pressuring her mother to be... The maid of honor? Yes. <laughs> that was great. I'll think about it. 
it was the whole maid of honor arc and even like she made me laugh <laughs> in the finale when she's talking about joe something about the way oh she my say, god she says it she's like she's going on tour i guess for music which i didn't know about but i i guess she's singing now <laughs> i was like oh, devastating. devastating devastating shade so good do you really mean that or are you being shady we don't know i guess she's singing now <laughs> so funny i loved that so much it was so good. also her camo ed hardy look do you know what I'm talking about? She had like, you know, a side part <laughs> hair, a camo like waffle knit shirt with like a bedazzled what? Ed Hardy. A it was knit. it was such a moment in time. I was like, wow, that she's prime Orange County, the smoky eye for no reason during the day. <laughs> so Do you need day. a reason for a smoky? No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, you know, and Lori got her fairy tale wedding. I mean, Cinderella walked down the aisle and the orchids with and the, the crystals off the tree. I will say, I was like, okay, you did that. Girl. Yeah, um, that's it, very you. It was <laughs> no, it is. It was a stunning. It was a stunning, beautiful wedding, and yeah. it was nice to kind of finally see her get married. It just felt like a culmination of her story. I agree. I don't know. Like I enjoyed that. I y'all, I didn't hate Lori this season happy day happy day I mean I've been here I told you Uh, I wouldn't compare me to you but yes (laughs) I thought I loved Lori's dress I thought it was really cute the one that she picked I love her being like the reason I picked it is because it made me look the thinnest but I was like you were real thin I don't know what you're talking about very unbranded what I loved so much was how obsessed George was with her when she he was loves like her so oh much. my god when he was like following her around the house and he's she's like you have to go to the hotel and he was just following her around like a puppy dog I was like for everything that she has been through I'm just so happy she has someone like him yeah. and they very clearly have like a very real love and it just makes me happy and George this season I guess I always thought of him as a kind of odd looking rich person. I never thought he was ugly. We, we were kind of like, oh, he had his cute little moment with his unbuttoned shirt. Body, last body, yeah. Body. But I was like, this season, he kind of looked like he used to be like this cool 70s rocker guy and had just aged. Like I saw him as more than I know. Okay, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Xavier is giving me a face right now because I famously am famously. only attracted for the most part to older men. Like He's getting older, honey. That's he, why, yes, <laughs> why that's, this is you know, clicking into play. Tracks. I literally just died. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> Maybe it is because George got older, but I also think I saw him for the first time in a different way. No, I guess he, a year he older. looks the exact same as he did last okay, season. Okay, everything's fine. Um, she's I'm sweating. She's sweating. She's calling sweating. my therapist. But no, I, I just think that it's their whole wedding was super cute. I was really happy. I loved the tent. I thought that was so great. Yeah. And it was um, beautiful. It was so great. I mean, I, yeah, I'm so happy for her. I'm glad Josh made it. Her sister forgot about her i loved meeting your sister i love when we get to meet kind of their families like their siblings or their parents and like her sister just being like this really down like i don't care what you do with my hair like opposite of Lori. i was delighted meeting her sister did, did you want to take a flat iron to that you know i don't <laughs> care I'm so good amazing i think you know, we have to discuss the two OGs that we got to see this season. Kimberly and Joe both popped up. 
When did we see Kimberly? We saw Kimberly at Lori's bridal shower. Wow. The way that I just didn't <laughs> register that, I fully did not see her. Okay. Something y'all should know is that I get very, even if I cannot stand them, I get very excited when I see an OG. That is it funny. just like grounds me into the show in a way. And I was like so excited to see Kimberly because Lori made a point of saying that like she flew all the way in for this. And I thought that was really sweet. And just to show that like how bonded they were and that she really cared. I don't know. So it made me happy. You're so respectful full of your elders hi um <laughs> and then we also saw joe at the reunion Very well and in joe. the finale too yeah it like dawned on me like oh joe is the first housewife who got a spinoff yeah that's right she <laughs> that really I did, did a watch. lot that i no. did you you didn't <laughs> no, watch, I didn't watch no, it what if not. you were like i watched all like, of them i'm such a fan no. <laughs> no didn't see it i like that she seemed to be more chill and seemed to be in a good place and you know as much as i didn't care for her it was nice that she had so many fans that were like we want joe back so yeah. i thought that was great i mean she she definitely made her mark there's no doubt about that yeah okay that's the women Shall we talk about underrated moments? Oh, let's get to underrated moments. Would you like to start? Sure. Okay, I have two. Great. My first one, I'll say, is the way I cackled when Gina <laughs> and Vicky are at boot camp and they're talking to their trainer and Gina's like kind of rubbing his, like has her hand on his back <laughs> and then she goes, let's go get some eggs Benedict. Come on, girls. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I am Gina this season. Oh like Gina God. is me. It cracked me up. I so loved good. it so much. I forgot about that. That is really <laughs> hilarious. So, come on, girls. They like the specificity of Eggs Benedict too. Oh my god! Like so good <laughs> with her hand on her trainer's back. Like oh. it's it's so good. I love the trainer thing. I was kind of annoyed that they kept going back to the same situation. I loved the fridge raid, and I loved how he could roast Vicky, and Vicky would just be like, "Get over it." You know, it was it was great. The fridge raid. The fridge raid. Can I just say? Out of Vicky's pantry, he pulled out this red box of brownie mix that I used to buy at Sam's Club, and it took me back because they were the best brownies ever. They were so good. I was like, don't throw away the brownie mix. So yes, it was. A, it was. So it, it and didn't she say like, just cook them and so put some chocolate chips in them, and then cover them in powdered sugar? She and he was like, no, throw it away. That was really. I hope great. they donated that food. I know oh, they. I didn't. know. Of course not. <laughs> Went right to the dump. Underrated moment. <laughs> it's simple. Um, it's a Vicky moment, and it was when Andy confronted her with a viewer question about how can you call yourself a Christian and drink, and she said, "Christians drink. They do." <laughs> I was on the ground. I'm sat Christians, you see 5% of my life. And it's like, what is this a little more. I'm sorry. She doesn't (laughs) sound like that. But in my mind, she sounds like that when she gets emotional, she gets out quiet like this. (laughs) Christians drink. They do. I don't know. That's just how I I picture her. I love this voice that you've created for Vicky that does not exist. But it's great. That's how I interpret it. But that was one. That was my small underrated moment. And I have one more after after yours. I have another one that is small. It's also a Vicky moment. Oh, okay. It also comes from the reunion. Y'all, the serotonin boost that 
was injected into my brain upon the first time of Vicky throwing her hands to the side and saying, <gasps> gloves are off, let's go. Oh I my, I knew this I love it so much. And it made me so, like, I y'all can't see me, but I am whooshing the hands to the side oh as we speak. God. Gloves are off, let's go. <sighs> That so a couple of Ali knows I love it and I cannot I don't get it it's not doesn't make me laugh it makes me laugh that it makes him laugh this is what I love about Vicky is you know for someone who says that she struggles with liking her so much I do talk about her a lot but she has this complex of like this like I'm a crazy drunk mom from Michigan wherever she's from Wisconsin sorry and it just makes me laugh because that like whole thing it's like what do you think you're achieving with that (laughs) do you think someone's gonna say oh she just did the gloves off motion she means business that's me that's me i'm like yes i'm buckled up let's roll in the family van honey like, we write yes. it dawn <laughs> dawn <laughs> oh my god <laughs> what's your other underrated moment um so it came during a very touching and intelligent speech that ashley gave for her mother at the wedding <laughs> and she you know said i'm just so happy for you and you finally got your love story and then she ends the speech with I'll never forget you're my mom. I love you guys. <laughs> what? Stop. I thought, did she say I'll never forget you're my mom? And that is what she said. I'll never forget you're my mom. I would literally exit stage left, <laughs> be like, enjoy your honeymoon. I can't show my face anymore. <laughs> I, um, you know, I say a lot of dumb things on this podcast, but if I ever do that, you do have to let me know. Well, Allie, um, I think it's time for me to tell you something. <laughs> this is actually your intervention. <laughs> I'll never forget your where do business. Where do I, what did you just say? What did you just, wait, say it again. I'll never forget Slade, you're such a <laughs> Slade, you're such a <laughs> Okay, I feel like I have to tell this story now. You have to. Now that you brought chicken biscuits into the chat. <laughs> okay, y'all. So one of my best friends from back home. Okay, wow. I have to really rewind this back. Yes. Okay. So back in the day, we all have our fast food moment. And I Loved McDonald's growing up. <laughs> and, story. and breakfast story. <laughs> I can't even talk. I'm distraught. Um, and in the morning on their breakfast menu, they used to have this like southern chicken biscuit sandwich. <laughs> it was, Allison, it was so, do you know this? I don't think it made its way to California. I could be wrong. It was so good. And like chicken at McDonald's isn't the girl she used to be. No. But back in the day, she hit back in like the snack wrap era. Oh. And girl. Ooh. Snack wrap Crispy era. ranch. Extra ranch. <laughs> extra cheese to it. Fucking it. And so they had this chicken biscuit. And then it was gone for years. And then <laughs> like five years later, I went to a McDonald's back home. <laughs> and they had the chicken biscuits back. And I texted my best friend Catherine immediately. And I was like, oh my God, they're back. And then we talked about our love of chicken biscuits, as two good Christian women do. <laughs> and then we started riffing on chicken biscuits and housewives taglines, such as, I may be married to a plastic surgeon, but I'm 98% chicken biscuit. <laughs> you just have to replace something in the tagline with chicken biscuit. Um, I'm an enigma wrapped in a riddle and chicken biscuit. <laughs> it's... I fought too hard for this chicken biscuit to go home now. 
throw me to the wolves and I shall return a chicken biscuit. <laughs> it's oh, so stupid. <laughs> chicken biscuits are fundamental. And honey, I own the McDonald's. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so glad we don't have a boss that can fire us because we deserve to be fired. <laughs> Anywho. Oh, I'm sorry. You want to introduce our next segment, Allie? Yeah, let's talk about awards. Who is your MVP of this season? Who's your orange? Who gets the center orange for you? Oh, that's a different question than who my MVP is. Is it? A little a little bit. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe not. Who's your MVP? Okay, so I think my orange of the season is I'm debating between two people in my head right now, but I'm going to go with Gina. My okay. orange of the season was Gina. Great. And yours? It was Tamara. Oh, she did not do enough for me to get an orange. I think if you didn't know the legacy that she brought to the show, would you still say yes. she's the... Why? I liked Tamara the second she came on because I just knew things were changing. Even when I watched it the first time. To me, there was a new energy with her for sure. She yes. had a certain energy. And I think that, you know, obviously I can only pretend so much that I'm rewatching these. I know I felt like an excitement. It was almost like the beginning of the holiday seasons. Like it's October 1st. Halloween's coming. Thanksgiving's coming. Christmas mm-hmm. is coming. New Year's is coming. I just felt that when Tamara came on. So the you would give her the center orange for this season? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were doing separate questions. Well, I'm sorry. Well, you kind of wrapped it into one question. I did. I did that to myself. Okay. I think that's why I was shocked. I would give her... I would... Okay. Is shit. she your MVP or your people's princess? Because there's a she's, difference. I guess she's my the people's MVP princess. The MVP is kind of just like who you, who was, I, well, I mean, she could be both, you know? It's like the MVP is like who you're, basically who was your favorite this season, you it know? Was Tamara. So I guess she's both. I guess. Wow. So Tamara's also your people's princess. Yeah, she is. I think my people's princess is probably. Say it. I can see can it on see your it. lips. I think my people's princess is probably Lori. Wow. You know, it took two seasons, but we got here. You know how far we've... Okay, I didn't say I she know. was my MVP. Take I did, but still, you still um, said her name in a I think she is my people's princess this season. She had a fairy tale. I mean, it's hard to not appreciate a fairy tale like that. She, I mean, Gina... The reason Gina isn't my people's princess is because she had so much weight to her story that it like she didn't just give me she didn't just make me happy she made me like sad like she just that's why she's the MVP for me she just gave me everything she did I literally when taking notes for all of them I had like you know half a page for Tamra a few lines for Tammy you know a nice chunk for Vicky I had a full page for Gina <laughs> so like she was my MVP so I think Lori was my you know she was. My dark horse. She like was it. my people's princess. Good for you. Own it. I'm owning it. Who was your villain? Wait, so Tamara was both your MVP and your people's princess, yes. just to clarify. Yeah. Okay. Who was your villain? Ooh, my villain of the season. Was there a villain of the season? Because it's still not total. There, you know, I don't know that there was necessarily. I mean, in some ways, Tamara's the villain of my season because she exists. In other ways, Tammy's the villain of my season because she gave nothing. Zero. In other ways, Quinn's the villain because she gave something and I didn't want it. <laughs> you know? So I would. I don't know that there is a villain this season, quite frankly. Agreed. If I had to pick anyone, I would say my villain of the season is... Simon. <laughs> wow. I mean, you said it, not me. <laughs> maybe Simon and Ryan in general that whole thing yeah that was my villain that was my thorn that was my thorn. <laughs> yes roses and thorns that was absolutely the thorn 
Okay, so time for another game of Hired or Tired. My body's ready. Oh, girl, usually is. I heard that about you. Um, (laughs) So these ladies' headshots slide across your desk. The PA just ran into the room. Yes, they are sweating. (laughs) Mr. Cohen, can I have five minutes of your time later today if you maybe have a second? Normally my colon quivers, but it just clenched. So I need you to never do that again. I'm sorry, ma'am. Sounds so young. Anyway, let's keep going. Like literally, like all the moisture in my body gone, <laughs> and go, not honey. in a good way. <laughs> so inappropriate. Um. Anywho, okay. So are these late late <laughs> ladles? Are these yodely? <laughs> are these ladies hired or are they tired? Lori, tired. tired. <gasps> oh my gosh! I didn't know you were gonna say. I kind of hinted at it a little bit earlier, I think, when I was like, her getting married is the culmination of her story. Lori was not with a group this year. No, and she apologized a bunch of times for it. She was literally never around. Like, Lori was on an island, and I did enjoy her, yes, but like, her story feels finished. Agree. And she doesn't bring anything to the group dynamic necessarily, so I don't feel like I need to see more. The show has evolved past needing her. Wow. It's time to go. Yeah. Look at us agreeing. I know. Shooketh. Okay. Gina. Hired. hired. <laughs> Vicky. Hired. Tammy. Tired. 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 You had so many chances. Got to go. So many chances. And like, you know, you gave us what you gave us, which wasn't a lot, so it's time to go. Tamara, hired. hired. Quinn, tired. tired. And y'all know I love to give a freshman housewife a sophomore season, but you do. absolutely not. I know that you I think are these very early generous seasons with might them. be different Ugh. because, like, she, no, like, Quinn, no. So if we were the Bravo execs, the next season it would be Gina, Vicky, and Tamara as the core cast, and then we'd get to hire some newbies. <sighs> a lot of pressure. Ooh, I think, I think we'd be up to the task. Though. I think so too. Okay, y'all. Episode three in the books. Thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to follow us on socials, you can follow us on Instagram at Housewives Theory or on Twitter at HW Theory. And let us know your hot takes because we would love to hear them. And next week's episode will be the first season of Real Housewives of New York. And for those of you who don't know, it's one of Allison's top two favorites. I am so excited, you guys. I love Real Housewives of New York. It is a perfect first season to me. We are going to the East Coast. So pack your bags, bitch, because we are going to Zarin Fabrics. Bobby, here we come. Bye. (laughs) Bye.